0: Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. Thank you, Mark. All right. Hello, good morning, and welcome to GCF Church. Uh, we're all really excited to see you guys here, especially with all the rain. Um, I know waking up in the rain, you're kind of like, ah, I just want to roll over go back to bed. We really appreciate you guys coming out. Um, it's really good. So we're all excited to be here. Uh, now, if this is your first time here or you've been coming for a little bit, uh, we have a connection card for you right in front of you in that little seat pocket there. Uh, please fill that out. That helps us get connected with you that helps us connect you to the rest of the church Uh, so you can put on prayer requests there you can put on other things um, to help us help you Uh, we have the same thing online now if you're on the website or the GCF app or anything of that sort uh, we have all that same information it's a really great way for us to help you uh, get connected here at our church and get connected and plugged into the community so the next step with all of that is coincidentally called Next Step it's a class that we do once a month so this week it's Wednesday night 7pm over Zoom the registration and uh, Zoom link and all that information is going to be on the website with the GCF app. Um, that's a great way for you to learn a little bit more about our church, about our mission, our values, our people, things like that. Uh, so please go check that out. It's a really, really great uh, resource that we have for helping you learn about what we do. Now, if you'll notice, you probably saw this walking in. So there's a bunch of tables back there with balloons and food and everything else. So we have our life group launch today at, right after the service. All right, all right come on. Who, who is in a Life Group that's excited about Life Groups? Yeah. Okay. So Life Groups is a huge part of our discipleship and what we do here at the church. So if you're interested in learning more about that, about uh, our college ministry or the women's Life Groups, the men's or anything like that, uh, go right there, right after the service. You just check it out. Talk to people. They would love to share more information with you and they would love to help you get connected with one of those. Again, they're a great resource. It's, well, it's not just a resource. It's a great part of who we are and what we do. So Now... We have a very special kind of service that we're doing three times a semester. They're called Encounter Nights. right? So this is for ENC, which is our college ministry. They're for young professionals uh, and they're for high school students. right? So we're gonna have these really great services. Uh, the first one is gonna be January 29th, so that's next Sunday night. It's gonna be at 6 p.m. We're gonna have a guest speaker, Jared Green, which we're all very excited to have. Now, the really cool thing, he's not just going to be at the encounter night service. He's also going to be Sunday morning service, so he'll be bringing the word for that as well. Um, So everyone who's not included in that encounter night stuff, you can see him too. It'd be great. So the last thing that we have, we have our women's ministry, Flourish, and their meeting on February 5th. That's going to be 5 to 7 p.m. here at the church. Uh, Again, more information for that is going to be on the website, on the app. We're all very excited about the things that they're doing as well. So with that being said, let's go into worship.
2: Thank you, Justin. You guys can stand to your feet as we get started this morning. If you're a guest with us today, we're so honored to have you. We're going to sing a few songs together to the name above every other name, the name Jesus. I believe that the Lord is here, wants to meet you right where you are. So whatever you have, you can lay it before him. We get to approach his throne of grace through what he's done for us this morning. That's what we want to do. If you would pray with me, Father, we welcome, we welcome your will and your way this morning. Lord, help us open our eyes. We just remove all distraction or lay aside or set aside anything that would hinder or occupy our focus and our minds. We just set that aside and lift our eyes to where our help comes from. To you, King Jesus, Lord, I pray that our hearts would respond in a manner worthy of who you are and what you've done for us. Fill this place as we sing. Fill this place as we worship fill this place as we praise we enter your courts with thanksgiving this morning for all that you've done you You are are the reason we sing Jesus Move over the water, Spirit come move over us, come rest on us, come rest on us. this the spirit was moved over the water, Spirit come move over us. Come rest on us, come rest on. When you move, you make my heart. Down. When you fill the room, you're hearing. I know you are moving. I'm hearing. I know you will feel me. Come, down. spirit. When you move, you make my heart. Down. When you fill the room, you're hearing. I know you are moving. I'm hearing. I know you will feel me. Spirit was moving over the water. Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. We pray. Come rest on us. Sing fire and wind. On us. Come rest on us, Come down, Spirit. When you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here, and I know you are moving. I'm here, and I know you will feel me. Come down, Spirit. When you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here, and I know you are moving. I'm here Jesus, you said that you would fill us by your spirit, living water. Living water would flow from within us. So Lord, we're here standing before you, our hearts wide open before you. Lord, I pray that by your spirit that you've given to us, she would begin to flow through us. She would unclog and open up or release the streams of heaven from within us. That many streams would flow into one river from this church. A song of praise, a sound of intercession, Lord, that would touch this city. That's why we need you, that's why we want to be filled again and again. So, Lord, in the command of the epistle of Paul. says, be filled, be filled with the spirit, be filled over and over and over again. Be filled, be filled. Lord, that is how we stand this morning. Fill us up. Fill us up. just a moment you have our attention Lord waters, bring life, it's healing for our families, it's healing for our neighbors, it's healing in our own hearts, and our own soul, fill us this morning. You can just make that your prayer in worship as we just worship with our mind and our attention this morning. Father, fill me, whatever you have, you know what I need, you know my needs.
3: that in your name there is power in the name of Jesus when we speak the name of Jesus when we sing praise to you Jesus there is power in your name fear has to go doubt has to go when we speak the name of Jesus Lord we fix our eyes on you this morning the author and the perfecter of our faith God Thank you for what you've done for us. Thank you for your sacrifice for us. Thank you for chasing us down with your love, God. Thank you for making us holy. Thank you for making us pure in your sight, God. Thank you that we don't have to work to come to you, but we can come to you right now, this morning, as we are, God, no matter what went on this weekend or what struggles we're having or what doubts we're having or what fear we're living in, God, we can be free and stand before you this morning, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that we can come to you this morning, God. I just pray that you would open up our minds to hear from you this morning, God, that as we receive the word, Lord, that you would continue to speak to us, God. Remind us of who you are, God. Take us deeper and deeper in our faith in you this morning. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
2: You agree with that? Can we give the Lord a hand this morning? We worship you. Grateful your presence, your goodness to us, Jesus. Amen, amen. Thank you guys for being here, worshiping with us. In an attitude of worship, we're gonna turn around, greet somebody this morning, maybe find somebody new. Get to know them. We're gonna dismiss our kids to their classes as well. Continue with our service in just a few moments.
1: I know you guys all like each other a lot, and that's all great, but can we move to our seats gradually? Thank you. All right. Um, seriously, so I'm going to move us kind of into a different form of worship, right? We're talking about offerings and stuff like that. Um, was anybody else kind of inconvenienced by the rain this morning? Okay. Was I the only one that, like, waterplaned or hydroplaned on the way here? Because I definitely did. It was fun. Um, anyway, so that's something I'm still kind of getting used to in North Carolina is that it rains a lot. Kind of all the time, randomly, you know, throughout the day. Uh, I'm from West Texas, a place where it doesn't rain like hardly ever. And uh, whenever I call my grandparents, uh, one of the first things they always talk about is like how little rain that they've got. And they're like, and, and they measure it in like sixteenths of an inch, right, over months. Um, and so every time we call, and kind of at the end of it, like, all right, well, I'll talk to you soon, you know, whatever. And they're like, oh, we'll send more of that rain this way. And uh, I'm like, I wish I could, but I can't. Um, but I think sometimes we kind of forget that rain is a huge blessing, right? That rain is a really good thing. Rain makes things grow. Rain brings life and water and all these other good things. Um, and that's that's something that's easy to forget when it's like so much of it all the time and so much around us, uh, like it is here in North Carolina or worse in Florida. Um, seriously, in Florida, it's, the, it's just worse. Anyways, But with all that being said, I think it's really easy for us to forget how much of a blessing things like that are. So I'm going to... I found this scripture, and I was thinking about this a little bit on the drive here, and I found this scripture that I think does a really good job of kind of encapsulating some of God's blessing through rain. This is out of Joel chapter 2, verse 23. It says, Be glad, O children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain, the early and the latter rain as before. So not just with rain, right, but like financial blessings or just the blessings that we have in our families and and the things that we have that help our lives flourish and thrive that we take for granted because we're so surrounded by it, especially, you know, here and now. And we have so many blessings from God that we don't even realize how many of them are really blessings. Um, And so worship and offering is really just about thankfulness. It's about gratitude. It's about giving back to God a little piece of that and saying, hey, thank you for this. He doesn't need it. But he's given us so much that it just makes sense to respond with gratitude. And I know I'm not very good about doing that all the time, but that's a good reminder, especially when it's raining and I'm hydroplaning across the road and you you get that shock of like, oh, I'm awake now. But in that moment, you're like, no, rain is still a good thing, right? We enjoy so many blessings in our lives that we forget and we take them for granted often. So I just want to go ahead and pray over our offering and, um, and then we'll talk about how to give and all that stuff. So Father God, thank you so much for the rain. Thank you for the many, many blessings that you have given us. Um, So many, we don't even know what they all are, and we take them for granted. Um, Help us uh, to develop a sense of gratitude and thankfulness for you. Um, Help us to to give with joyful hearts uh, and use it for the good of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So, if you would like to give towards our church, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can text GIVEGCF to 732-56. That's 732-56. Sorry, I listened to way too much radio. Um, and we've also got a QR code. You can scan that. You can do it through the website, through the GCF app. Uh, there's lots of different ways to give. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and introduce up Blake, who's our pastor. He's going to be giving the word to us on miracles.
4: Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Did you see how that was done, John? It's good. All right. Just making sure you saw that. All right. It's good to be here this morning with you guys. Uh, it's an honor um, to be in the house of the Lord. Can we give it up for our band? Wasn't that awesome this morning? And the little, the, the little recognized crew that makes all that happen, uh, the sound booth, can we give them a hand? They work so hard. I know Shelby especially likes lots of attention, so let's give her a special thank you uh, for all she's doing back there. We are in the middle of a series, but before I jump in to our message, I just want to encourage all the young adults in, in the room that we are starting this Encounter Night series um, this semester, three times this year. Next Sunday night, encourage you to be there. Invite somebody. We're believing God for some powerful things to happen in our lives, in our city, on campus, in our high schools. Um, So please invite somebody to come out to that. Um, Really excited to have uh, Jared Green in uh, to speak to our our young adults. So be a part of that. Now, we're part three in a series on miracles. Um, and, And my hope in all of this is that you're being stirred to believe God, because that's what's happening in me. I, I'm just. My hope is that we would begin to expect miracles in our midst. Amen. Amen. And I know God's stirring me. I can kind of feel it because I get that voice in my head, like, Jesus, you're going to embarrass me, aren't you? You know, you're going to cause me to step out in faith because I, I like to be comfortable. I like to sit in my comfort zone, and yet Jesus continuously to, continues to push us out of that. And this series, I hope, is stirring you to maybe believe and step out and pray for miracles. And we, God does miracles because he cares about people. He cares about you. And he wants to see his kingdom advanced in the earth. And miracles do that. The Bible says that God affirms his word by signs and wonders and miracles. Now, we learned last week that some people will not believe without miracles. And so we need to believe four miracles so that they will believe. Amen? Amen? And so this morning, we're going to look at uh, John chapter 5, uh, the miracle of the healing of the, of the man who was paralyzed. Um, uh, now, before we read our passage this morning, let's, let's set the stage. We know um, that Instagram is not real, right? We know that, right? And we also know that Be Real is not even real. Have y'all noticed that? I've been hanging out with a group of teenagers, and they're all lounging on the couch, bored out of their minds, and then their notification for B-roll goes off. They're jumping on their feet, right? They're getting together. They're posing, right? Making sure everybody knows they're having a good time, you know? And so we know that these things aren't real, but what they do is they tend to airbrush reality in a way that's not real. And so I was looking at um, BuzzFeed. They had this top 11 Uh, photos of Europe you need to see before your next trip, right? And it's Instagram versus reality. So the first is uh, a national park in Croatia. Can y'all see this? Look at that. Don't y'all want to go there? You can see the fish. That's beautiful, you know? But here's reality. There it is. You're not even going to get there. It's hours (laughs) along the path. And then once you get there, you don't even care anymore, right? Right? It took too long. All right. Next week is the shore town in Italy. I want to go there. you know? Look at that. Let's go. That's it. And then reality, that's really what it looks like. Oh, oh, yeah, what happened? Right? <laughs> then you have water. You've been lied to. Then there's the blue lagoon in Iceland. This is a place. I didn't I, I took my video crew and said, "Hey, man, I'm going to step out in this water) <laughs> That's it. What? John, what? Come on now. That's my be real shot right there. Come on, y'all. And then there's reality. Right? That's what it really looks like. Just jam packed, people standing around. You're not alone. I like this one. Now, let's go to the Louvre and see the Mona Lisa, right? I want to see the, breast, you know, the brush strokes. I want to get in there and see this is reality. Okay, wait. I think I saw her smile. There it is. So, Instagram versus reality. So let's look at our passage this morning because we have a tendency to look at this story and miss what's going on here. John chapter 5, verse 1 through 15. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. And if you'll notice, there's a a break between verse 3 and verse 4. Uh, extra biblical kind of information was stuck in to kind of make sense of this. But basically, the waters would stir, uh, bubbles would happen, and the legend goes, and an angel would appear, and whoever got in the water first would, would be healed. And so this kind of attracts people who need a miracle. And so they've huddled around this area. Verse 5. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. Very specific. Very specific. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool. When the water is stirred and while I'm going, another steps down before me. This pool are are about 30 meters by 50 meters. They're deep. They're huge water retainers. So an invalid would need help getting in. And Jesus said to him, get up take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he said to him, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. And they asked him, who is the man who said this to you? Take up your bed and walk. Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, and so there was a crowd in the place. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, see, you are well, sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. Father, help us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The first one we'll look at is the setting of the miracle. Here it is. I think I have a model picture of that. The sun's rising over the mountains outside of Jerusalem, right? There's glistening off the pool. There's these uh, covered colonnades around the pool, so there's shade. The white and the gold on the pillars, right? It's beautiful. And then here Jesus Meanders through the crowds and has a gentle conversation with a man. Strokes his hair. Causes him to rise up. But that's not the picture. That's, that's what we see. That's the Instagram version. But in reality, this place is outside the city. It's by the sheep gate. And if, if the name doesn't give it away, that's where sheep come through. You ever been to a farm? It doesn't smell real good there. This is not where you would go. If this was coveted real estate, the invalids would not be allowed right? They'd find a worse place for them. This is not the place you want to be. This is by the sheep gate. It smells, and this is where all the invalids are around, the, lime, uh, the, lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. And, and nurses can have a greater um, appreciation for this, but there's no running water. There's nothing that's kind of cleaning this area up, if you know what I mean. This place would fill your senses, and not in a good way. And this is where Jesus finds himself, walking through. This is not this beautiful miracle picture. This is a smelly picture. This is not a place you want to be. This is where most people who are going on a holy day to the temple want to avoid in case they might be called unclean. And Jesus is right in the middle. He's right in the middle of our unclean mess, looking for someone to heal. Many of us think that miracles, when they happen, the situation is perfect. It's almost like a golfer who, who picks up some grass and throws it in the air, watches the wind. Is it, Are the conditions perfect for my shot? And yet Jesus goes into a situation that's not perfect. In fact, anything but perfect. Nothing about this situation cries out, a miracle is going to happen today. Everything about this saying conditions aren't right. And so, what about us this morning? What are we waiting for for a miracle? Are we waiting for the conditions? Because God doesn't need the conditions to be right. He just needs Jesus in our midst. If Jesus is there, or those carrying his authority, the setting is right. How many times have we written off a miracle? Maybe we didn't feel quite right. Maybe the conditions didn't feel right. But Jesus wants to do miracles in our midst. All of us, every need that we have, conditions don't have to be right. The miracle that you're believing God for, conditions don't have to be right, but they do need Jesus in our midst, amen? That's the physical scenario, but there's a spiritual scenario, a theological scenario we don't like to talk about. This man, very clear from the passage, is lame and paralyzed because of his sin. Did you catch that? Jesus heals the man, then goes to him afterwards and says, Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. This man is in his condition because of his sin. That's, that's a, we don't want to venture into that. We, 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 we don't want to talk about that sin has consequences. Jesus heals him of his sinful consequences. He does. The good news about this passage is, yes, sin has consequences, but even those Jesus heals. He doesn't say, you're here because of what you did. You know what you did. He says, I'm here to bring you out of that. But do not be deceived, Galatians says. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please the sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. There are some of us who are, have reaped the fruit of our sowing. I don't like that. And yet, it's true. Don't be deceived. And here's the encouragement this morning. No matter where you're, whether you're a captive, that you have been bound, you have been, You need a miracle under no fault of your own. Or whether you have dug the ditch and laid in it, Jesus wants to heal you. Do we get that? We've written ourselves out of the, well, God can't do a miracle for me because I put myself in here. And Jesus said, I want to deliver you too. Blake, are you saying that all sickness and trials are the result of my sin? Absolutely not. Four chapters later from this passage, the disciples will see a blind man and they'll say, Jesus, was it him or his daddy? Who sinned? Why is he blind? And Jesus said, this man hasn't sinned or his parents. But he is blind so that the glory of God may be revealed through him. So I'm not saying that all sin, all trial, all sickness are the result of sin, but I am saying some of it is. And no matter what it is, Jesus can heal it. Now we live in a fallen world. We know this from Adam and Eve, that they sinned, and God gave the authority to rule and reign the earth to Adam and Eve. And when they sinned, they they chose to give that authority to the evil one. That's why it says in Scripture that that he is the prince of this world. Now, what's radical about Jesus breaking in is that he's breaking into that kingdom with a new kingdom. But we live in a fallen world. Bad things happen. Amen? We're talking about rain this morning. Scripture says that rain falls on the just and the unjust. The blessing of God falls. God's good creation happens whether you're living for God or whether you're railing against God indiscriminate. And so, because we are in the world ruled by sin, the the consequences of sin are rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. And Jesus is breaking in in a new kingdom to say, I don't know how you got here or why you're here, but I can heal you in that, amen? So let's be encouraged This morning. Second thing we see is not just the setting of the miracle, but the sovereignty of the miracle. Jesus walks through a multitude of invalids to heal one. Why? Does anybody else want to say that? Why not the others? I don't know. I don't know. God is sovereign in human history. I do know that we see throughout the gospels that individuals are healed because they believed there is this something that happens that our faith unlocks the door for the supernatural. It does. He was healed because of his faith. She reached out and touched the hem of his garment. Because of her faith, she was healed. He said, say the word and it will be done. And his son was healed. His servant was healed. God honors faith. And sometimes he doesn't. And I don't know why. Paul cries out to Jesus and he says, will you take this thorn of the flesh from me? And God says, no. And then he cried out again, a man who had entered the third heaven, who'd seen the dead raised, who had walked in the power of God. God, can you perform a miracle in this for me? And God said, no. Why? I don't know. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4:20, that Erastus remained in Corinth, and, left, and I left Trophimus, who was ill at Miletus. Paul left one of his followers, his disciples, sick in a city. If he could do all this, why didn't he heal him? I don't know. Sometimes God heals, sometimes he doesn't. But he's sovereign. And he's good. And, and we might not know the answer to that on this side of glory. And yet, Jesus asks us to believe for miracles. The next we see here is the psychology of the miracle. I love this. Here we are next to the pool that if it starts jacuzziing, and you get in first, you get a miracle and Jesus finds the man. He says, do you want to be made well? Why does he ask him that? If Jesus wanted to just heal him, he could have walked up and said, get up. Well, what is he doing? There's a psychology of the miracle here that Jesus wants to stir this man to believe. 38 years is a long time. It's a long time. Contrary to popular opinion, John, I was only three 38 years ago, okay? (laughs) 38 years ago. When you do something for 38 years, you're ingrained in it. You're resigned to it. This is what it is. And this man for 38 years had probably stopped believing. He probably resigned. These are my people. This is my spot. This is my lot in life. And Jesus, with a question, like a hand through sedentary waters, stirs the mud up. Do you want to be made well? I forgot that was possible. In my mind's eye, I never saw that even being a reality anymore. It was a distant dream. And Jesus, with a question, do you want to be made well? A picture a man or a woman walking into a garage and seeing a, a rusty uh, spray can bottle, spray can bottle, and they, and they pick it up. It's light. You know, you ever done that? You're like, ain't nothing left. But then you start shaking it, and you hear that, that ball popping, and then you start shaking, and you just think, maybe there's enough in here to finish the job. And here Jesus sees this can rusted, beat up. Most people would have just thrown it out, and Jesus just starts to shake it. Will you believe Will you believe? Do you want to be made well? That's my question this morning. Do you want to be made well? When you're believing for something, have you resigned for it just not to happen? It's not gonna happen for me. It's been years, Blake. It's been years. Has it been 38 years? Do you want to be made well? funny, when you get in situations like this, and you've been here for a long time, there's usually somebody at the pool who knows the stories about the people who believed. You know, well, I remember Johnny used to be over here, and Ahmed. he believed that water stirred, jumped in, got worse, got, a, got cold, got a sick. He got sick, he believed God. Had, we had to dive in, drag him out. He almost died. Don't you believe, don't you step out and believe, it might get worse for you. Y'all, y'all know the stories. And they usually end and they died, right? Well, I remember so-and-so across the street and he died. We have stories mobilizing fear and unbelief. i remember, remember, she wanted to jump in. She broke her ankle. She had her was messed up and now she's worse off. Will we believe? Do we want to be made well? Here this man is calling us out. Jesus, do you want to be made well? Then we come to the synergy of the miracle. Jesus inviting us to participate in what he's doing. Inviting us to participate in what he's doing. What are you believing for this morning? What miracle lays dormant in your heart? What miracle have you put to bed that will never happen for you? What miracle do you need to happen right now in your family, in your marriage, in your personal life? Jesus calling out to you, Jesus asking, Do you want it to change? Do you want to be better? Do you want to? Have you resigned and this is now your identity? I am just this. This is who I am. It's become a part of you. And here's Jesus get up. Get up. Get up. Take up your mat, walk. Get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed. He took up his bed. It said he was healed. It didn't say he got up because him getting up was the manifestation of the healing. He could have stayed there, but he obeyed. He said, I heard Jesus say, get up and I'm going to stand up. Something I haven't done in 38 years and the miracle happened. An act of faith because faith demands action. James said a little word about that. Y'all remember? You've got faith Without action, it's dead faith. But faith with action is alive. And here Jesus is inviting us to get up. It's your first step of faith. There's something powerful in meetings like this. I remember, I can think of a maybe, maybe a handful in my life where I was asked to stand to my feet. Y'all, y'all know those settings. Stand up. If this is you, I can remember about two dozen when I didn't. (laughs) I don't know these people. They ain't standing up. Nope, nope, nope. But then, I remember when I did, something changed. Something changed in me. I was on a trajectory, and I stood up, and God shifted something in me. Did did the standing up change me? No, it was faith that God was calling me to stand up. It was putting action to my faith. That's why baptism is so powerful because you're saying, I believe and I'm washing the past behind and I'm taking a new step forward. What Jesus did for me changed me forever and I'm going a new way. You've got to put action to your faith. Well, you don't have to be baptized to be saved. No, you don't. You don't. But if you believe, you'll be baptized. Because yes. Jesus asked us, to, asked us to do it. Get up. Get up, do something with your faith. You believe, now do it. I love this, this second part. Take up your bed. Get up. Take up your bed. If y'all have ever been to like joint exercise classes, my wife's drugged me a few times. It's a labor of love. But I didn't realize there's a whole psychology like to the class, you know? You kind of stay on the outside. You get early. You wait for the next class to finish. Then you rush in. You take your yoga mat and you throw it down. You start moving around like this. Make sure you got a space. And there's certain people, there's certain people that want to be up front because they don't want any, they don't want to see any shenanigans, weird outfits, crazy motions. They want to be focused on the instructor, you know? because they can't handle it. You know, they're like, I can't, I can't. Whatever this guy's doing right here, I can't do it. I'm leaving, I gotta go. So they get up front, right? Just me and the instructor. Or others of us who, who don't want to be seen, I don't want anybody looking at me. They want to be in the back, right? They want to be, I, I want to be able to see the instructor, but I don't want to be seen, so they get on the side, right? There's this mentality, there's this way. And so what you do is, you run in, you throw your mat down, and you create a space. You know, you got, you warm up, you know, Getting warm, getting warm, making sure no one gets over here, right? you got to get ready because you don't want anybody in your space. You don't want anybody laying a mat right beside you. So when you're doing downward dog, I'm sorry, excuse me, excuse me. You, know. you want some room. You, we do this at soccer games too, right? You, you run out there with your chair and you throw it down. And you make sure you're not right on top of the next person because you want some space. So you like space your chairs out like a foot apart. And then once everybody settled, then you're like, okay, you relax. And so you, you get there. This man for 38 years had, knew the economy of the room. I better get near that water. I better get near the water. And slowly, systematically, this man is in the best place by the pool. 38 years. Seniority. He's probably set in culture. I'm sorry, we don't do that here. Guards. Handle this, you know what I mean? We don't do that. We're not, you're not, you can't do that here. You gotta, if you're gonna do that, you gotta get in the back. So he's he's directing traffic. This is this is his spot. He sees what's going on. He's resigned himself to this place of influence among the lame. And what is Jesus asking of him?
0: You can't come back.
4: Once you pick up this mat, somebody's gonna dive in your place. They've been waiting for you to fall in that water or die. 38 years, that's longer than most people live. And this brother's lived lame. He's got faith to survive, but he didn't have faith to thrive. And so he's, I mean, you live that long among people like that. You are doing something. And so he's got his mat. And what is Jesus asking for him? He said, you you have to give up your spot. You can't come back here. If you pick up that mat, you won't even see the water. He's got a decision. Do I want to cut ties? Am I really serious about this? Do I believe that I'm changed? You got to go home, you got to throw away your drugs. Nobody knows. You got to throw them away. You got to take up your mat. You got to put an internet filter on your phone or your computer. You got to tell a friend what you've been doing and stop hiding. You got to take up your mat. Oh, I just believe that God healed me. Good. Good. He healed you. You stood up. Now take up your mat. I believed. I'm, I'm changed. Good. Now pick up your mat. You've got to burn the ships. You've got to do what you've got to do to realize that you're not coming back here. Why would Jesus tell his disciples, cut off your hand and if it causes you to sin? If he just did it. Well, I prayed and asked Jesus to take that desire away and he didn't. Right? No, he ain't taking it away. Not all the time you got to pick up your mat and you got to walk it out. It's amazing that what this man is doing violated the social order to such a degree. On the Sabbath day, what is he being accused of? Work. You're working. Well, it was a miracle. Now walk out your miracle. Now here's the way Paul says it. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you. Jesus did something in me that I could not do for myself. Now I need to work that out in my daily life. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. Pick up your mat and walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. Get up. Take up your mat. And walk, and Jesus will meet you every step of the way. We want the miracle, but we don't want the work. We want the miracle, but we don't want to change, right? Our decisions have put us here. God says, This is the consequences of your decisions. I'll heal that, but now you've got to live a different way. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The symbol, finally, the symbol of the miracle. Jesus performs a miracle here in John 5. It's a symbol to us. It's, remember, it's a sign. The miracle isn't just the miracle. It is the miracle, but it's something pointing to something greater. And what is this pointing to us? Each one of us has offended and sinned against a holy God. There's, there's not one of us, not one of us, Excused. each one of us has known the good and the righteous thing to do and we haven't done it. Each one of us has known that certain habits and decisions are hurtful to us and others and we've done them anyway. These decisions, this sin has set into motion consequences that not only have released pain and anguish into the world but also set us on a trajectory away from God. And here Jesus is. You've put yourself here and I'm gonna heal you right where you are. So it's beautiful about the gospel. It doesn't say, get up, take up your mat, walk differently for a while and then I'll think about healing you. This man didn't have faith. Man sitting there resigned to no faith. But Jesus met him by the grace of God and said, get up. Stirred faith in him he thought was dead and then performs a miracle and then helps him walk it out, meets him again. Well, I'm just about the miracle, brother. You better stop. It's a symbol for us. Each one of us has an excuse of why we haven't changed. Do you want to be made well? Well, no one can get me in the water. Do you want to be made well? Well, people are fast and I'm slow. Well, they're different and I'm special. What's the excuse keeping you from asking God for a miracle? What's the excuse keeping you from repenting of your sin and turning and living a new way? What's our excuse? When Jesus rose from the dead, after his crucifixion, he was in fact performing a miracle that undoes the consequences of your sin. Do y'all realize that? Death is a consequence of our sin. Death is a consequence of our sin. It is a picture of an eternal death away from God, but it's the consequences of our sin. And Jesus rising from the dead says, even though this is what you deserve, I'll break it. The resurrection of the dead is the reality that your sin deserves something. Christ bought it, paid for it. He didn't just wave his hand over it. He paid for it with his blood so that you could walk a new way. When he rose from the dead, he's breaking the cycle of our consequences of sin forever. What have I said this morning? The setting of a miracle doesn't have to be perfect. The wind doesn't have to be right. You don't have to feel just the right way for God to move. His sovereignty reigns supreme. He can say no, but we're hoping he says yes. And many times when we step out in faith, he comes in and he meets us and miracles happen. We have resigned, many of us. This is who I am. And Jesus is saying, but it doesn't have to be. And he's inviting to join him in the miracle to believe him. This morning... I'm gonna do something uncomfortable. We're believing for miracles. I don't know about you, but we are praying and believing God for miracles. If you need a miracle in this place, stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. There's one. Yes, yes, yes. Stand to your feet. We're gonna pray. Holy Spirit, come in this place. You are a miracle-working God, King Jesus. You've died on the cross and rose from the dead and and sit at the right hand of the throne of God. Lord, I I pray right now you see every heart standing, not just in their bodies, but in faith. They're standing and they're believing you, Lord. Out of your own mouth, I want you to ask for what you believe in God. Be specific. Right where you are, Holy Spirit, come. Fill bodies with your presence. Lord, we're asking you to heal broken bones. We're asking you to heal autoimmune diseases. Lord, we're asking you to heal generational patterns of depression and suicidal ideation. We're asking you to heal sore backs and joints. Jesus, come in this place and do what only you can do. As the Lord continues to minister by the Spirit in this place, if you're in here this morning and you're not right with God, you've never stood to say, I want to follow Jesus with my life. Or maybe... You've said that before, but you've backslidden. You've walked away from the Lord, and now you want to make a fresh commitment. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet. We want to pray for you as well. Don't be shy. Stand up. If we can't stand in here, we won't stand out there. Amen. 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 Father, you see these individuals who stood. If you stood, I want you to pray right where you are. There's an altar right where you are, you and Jesus. I want you to say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender. I believe that you love me, that you died for me, and that you rose from the dead, and that you are my Lord and my master. Help me follow you. Help me follow you, King Jesus. Fill me with your spirit. Empower me with your spirit to walk a new way. I want to live for you. Give me men and women to walk beside me encourage me when I'm down to challenge me when I'm wrong to push me forward in loving obedience to you Jesus I need your help Lord thank you for such a great salvation thank you that I'm a son of God or a daughter of God thank you Jesus name you're sitting down why don't you stand with us as we wrap up this service we're going to close this service a couple things are going to happen there's tables in the back because this is what we're confident of we need each other to walk with God I need men challenging me if you're not involved in a life group of some sort check those out There might not be one that fits where you are. That's okay. We want to start new ones. Okay, we want to hear from you. So if that's not, doesn't fit, Blake, then fill out a connection card and write that down and we'll make one fit, amen? We want to meet you where you are. If you want prayer, you're saying, Blake, I stood, but I want more prayer. I need some help. We're going to have our ministers down here front. We want to pray and believe God for miracles, amen? Amen, Father, I just lift up this church to you. We ask, Lord, that you would have your way, not just in our bodies, but in our minds and our hearts, with our lives and our habits and our communities and our homes. We want more of Jesus in us, more of Jesus in the church, more of Jesus in our city. Lord, we want to see cities changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Turn around and greet someone. Tell them you're glad they're here. Check out our tables in the back if you need prayer. We'll be up here this morning.